What's up, everybody? I'm Von Carlo, a.k.a. Coach Vaughn, and you're listening to the Coach Vaughn Podcast. Uh, still doing it guerrilla style. As you can see, I don't even have intro music yet. Um, I'm still in the introductory phase. The official podcast launch is going to be on October 2nd, a couple of days into the NBA preseason. And I'm going to do my NBA preseason predictions, and that's going to be fun. So I'm looking forward to it. But for now, I'm giving myself a few introductory episodes so that, you know, people who don't know me can get to know me a little bit. And this is going to be part two of the first one I already posted, who is Coach Vaughn. In the first uh, episode, I just described basically where the name Coach Vaughn came from. Which, uh, just to cut you up, catch you up a little bit, it came from Twitter. Uh, that was my outlet when Twitter first came out to trash talk NBA games, specifically Friday Night Knicks. Uh, <laughs> it was fun for me to call the games in. My following built from there. You know, my followers were basically just a bunch of maniac Knicks fans and and NBA fans, and we would just, you know, go back and forth on Twitter, and and they just started calling me Coach Vaughn because they said, hey, you know more than the coach. You should be in charge of the games. And you know what? I agreed because I'm always right sometimes, (laughs) but it was fun for me. And then at a certain point, the name actually morphed into a double meaning. A little bit more background on me. I am an author of a book called Speak Fluent Man. And the book is a memoir of a of the relationship I was in with the late comedian Patrice O'Neill, who were coming up on six years uh that he passed away uh this coming November. And we were in a relationship for ten years and he was pretty well known uh for his out of out of the box philosophies on relationships and women and men's relations and, and a lot of things, but specifically um, in context of what we're talking about today with the book, Speak Fluent Man. I, I wish I would have titled the book, How I Learned to Speak Fluent Man, because again, this book is a memoir pretty much of our relationship and, and why our relationship worked. Um, within the, the the outside, I should say, the boundaries of the norm and what society says is the norm for relationships. I didn't want to write the book at first. He um, came to me one day and said, listen, you, you have a black belt in Patrice. You speak fluent Patrice. You should write a book women listen to you differently than what they would listen to me. And you have a plethora of information that you can share with people, um, specifically women. And I was like, nope, didn't want to do it. I was very resistant to the idea. Um, One, it's very, it's very scary to put um, certain information out into the world. It's a certain responsibility that comes with that. You have to be, you know, very, very confident and and courageous to do that and at the time I'm like no you defend these philosophies I'm not doing that Uh, and he's like oh you just want to be the only cool girl out there that understands these things and and you know we had a little laugh about that but um there was a, a huge amount of fear and intimidation behind that but um Eventually, I did give him an outline. He said, you know, just tell me the top things. Just write down the top things that uh, you feel like you learned in this this relationship that we have and, and the top things that, that you learned and, and, 
and as a woman, why? So I, I basically gave him an outline and that outline eventually became the chapters of the book Speak Fluent Man, uh, Entitlement, Double Standards, The Natural Order of Things, so on and so on. And the book is um, written, uh, it has a, a certain rhythm and flow around. Patrice was a very quotable man and a very highly intelligent forward thinker and uh, very quotable. So the book kind of flows around some of the things that you may or may not have heard him say, uh, but a lot of his quotes that that really uh, connect with people. And, you know, it's it's a book that people have said is life changing information for them. Both men and women have posted their reviews on Amazon and reached out to me on Twitter and Instagram and just telling me um, how the book, how reading the book and getting that information has changed their life. And I'm very humbled by that uh, and happy that I, I did do that. I did write the book. Uh, because like I said, I didn't want to do it. And, and when I gave him that outline, he looked it over and he kissed me on my forehead and he said, you know, one day you're going to have a bestseller, uh, if you actually do it. And I just kind of put it away like, okay, alrighty. I'm glad I got out of this. You know, he wasn't really pressing me doing it. You know, that's how he was with me. He would, he, he would really, you know, encourage me to do certain things, but he wasn't forceful. You know, he he wasn't um, uh, like Ike Turner, you know, do it. <laughs> but uh, after he passed away, I went into super duper work mode, which probably was a form of depression um, that I'm still trying to <laughs> get out of, if I'm being honest. But I went into super duper work, mo- work mode and I felt like, that I was responsible for doing everything that we were already working on and things that he wanted me to work on and, and do for him, for myself, for my daughter, for his mom, you know, every, I just went into, Hey, I'm responsible for this family. Now this, this legacy now, and I couldn't not write the book at that point um, because I knew it was something that he wanted me to do. So I had to fulfill, um, I had to check that off, you know, and and I'm proud that I did it and I'm happy that I did it. And like I said, I'm very humbled that there's such, you know, life-changing information in there for people. And he's right. Uh, women do kind of listen to me differently. And I'm not afraid of that responsibility anymore like I used to be. I'm actually very proud that I was the one that was left with so much information. And I try to balance it as best as I can in taking care of, you know, Patrice's legacy and all the things that I'm responsible for, the name and likeness of Patrice O'Neill. Um, his mother and I are shareholders in a, in a company called Gladys and Duke Productions. And um, I'm president in charge of the day-to-day operations and just making things happen to make sure that his legacy stays alive. Um, one of the things that w- I was working on with him before he passed away was his album, uh, which I released three of his uh, comedy albums, uh, Mr. P being the first one out the gate. 
You can find all this stuff on patriceoneal.com. We're not going to go too far and too deep in all of that because like I said, I do try to keep it very separately, but it's undeniable how much I learned from him, not just um, in in our relationship, just as a person in general uh, and in comedy and the entertainment business. You know, it, it it's it's uh, I use the word humbling probably too much already uh, within the first few minutes that I've been talking about it. But it's something that I take very seriously. And at the point where I wrote the book and it came out, I started getting uh, life coaching and relationship expert appearances. And that's how the name Coach Vaughn kind of morphed into having that double meaning. Uh, I don't personally consider myself a life coach or any type of expert. I just feel like people love to listen to me because I am always uh, centered in the truth and very honest. And much like Patrice, people gravitate towards the truth. Whether or not they like it is a different story. But I always say uh, the truth is never confusing. If you're confused, there's probably a lie in the building. So I, I like to keep the truth. And people are very, very clear when it's the truth, whether they like it or not. You're not confused. You And then from that point of clarity, you know how to deal with things. So that's how I try to live my life and in, in all the things that I do um, in the most honorable way that I can possibly uh, do everything that I do. So um, that's where I'm at with that and just giving you a little bit of the background about that. And, and like I said, I tell people from told people from day one, you know, people know that I am in charge of the name and likeness of Patrice O'Neill, but I keep it very separate as best as I can uh, with all that I do. And, you know, PatriceO'Neill.com uh, keeps all the updated information on everything that's going on with Patrice. So you can certainly slide over to that to keep updated. And uh, the book is at speakfluentman.com if you're interested in picking that up. And definitely post your um, your reviews on Amazon and hit me up on Twitter and Instagram and all that jazz. But, you know, I just I feel that uh, so much of the things that I learned from him, um, not just again, like I said, not just in the relationship, but in comedy. When I first met Patrice, I didn't tell him that I was doing comedy. And if you listen to the first episode, you know that when I first moved here from small town USA, my entire intention was to be, you know, like Whoopi Goldberg with a little mix of Diana Ross, you know, and uh, I, I thought I was going to do it all. Uh, comedy, uh, television, film, theater. But <laughs> I, I do have a lot of different skills. You know, I have some musical talents and, you know, I'm an actress, I'm a writer, I'm all these different things. But I found that my God's grace is doing stand up comedy. At the time, I wasn't just focused on one thing. So when he first found out that I was doing comedy, you know, he called me, he was, you know, said he was in the city or whatever at the cellar. And if I wanted to come by, blah, blah, blah. And I said, hey, I'm already in the city. I'll come through. And and when I, I got there, he noticed this little wristband or stamp or whatever it was I had on my hand from doing this open mic. And that back then they would put this, you know, something on your hand that says that you were doing, you were one of the people doing the open mic. And he noticed it right away. And um, I, I kind of, 
I left it on my wrist on purpose. It, I was at the point where I'm like, oh, I'll tell them, but I, I'll just let them see this. You know, one of those little shy things that you do. <laughs> and uh, he noticed it right away. And, and he pulled me away from the table. And we're talking, you know, this is a tough tough crowd table you know this is the the jim norton's the keith robinson's the rich voss you know colin quinn tough crowd era of comics at the cellar table you know and he didn't embarrass me you know he pulled me away and he you know he he looked at he goes what's that and i'm like oh i just did this you know the open mic at sal's comedy hole blah 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 so he pulled me away from the table and he's like, look, you're doing comedy. That's cool with me. Teach you anything you need to know, you know, how to have rhythm, you know, how to not be a hack, you know, anything. I got you. But you see how these guys are. You see how audiences could be. You know, if anybody's messing with you and you come to me like, hey, why aren't you helping me? You're my man. Um, we're breaking up immediately. And, you know, you take those bullets yourself you'll be a great comic. And uh, he kind of left it at that. And I just, you know, was like, well, you know, I could do sketch and improv. And, you know, I'm getting booked on One Life to Live with some, you know, small roles. And, you know, I, mean, I don't really have to do stand-up. You know, I, I backed out of it. And it's one of my biggest regrets. But it, it's ironic, the the shadow I thought I was going to have to live in uh, with being you know being Patrice's woman and doing stand-up comedy and and what I would have to deal with uh that's actually that that shadow is actually bigger now that he has passed but uh I'm I'm a much stronger woman than I was way back when and my experiences that has led me to this point uh, helps me to fight off that regret and say, hey, everything happens the way it happens for a reason. And, and over the years, he really did do what he said he would do. He did teach me a lot about comedy. And, you know, when, when he saw me perform, he said, look, you give the audience too much power. N don't give them so, so much power. Don't be afraid of the silence. Never be afraid of the silence. Paint your picture. If you become a dancing monkey, and, and trying to please the audience, you'll never find your voice. You'll never find your audience. If, if half the people leave, that's fine. The people that stay, those are your people. And then those people will spread the word to other people of like minds. And then you'll have your audience. But if you flip-flop and switch all around, how will you ever find your voice? How would you ever find your audience? Um, so I keep that with me, you know, definitely doing stand up. It, I take that with me every time I'm on stage. I am never afraid of the silence. And my relationship with stand up comedy and the audience was never really so much as my fear as it was dealing with uh, my peers, the other comics and and what they think and all of that. And it, it took me a while you know, getting back into doing stand-up comedy um, to shake that off. And it, it's it's a lot, you know, as a, especially as a female comic. You are, you're already dealing with so much. Most comics get on stage and they have to, you know, they're judged for their work or lack thereof, and that's it. Uh, as a as a female comic, you're you're judged. You know, females aren't you know, but girl comics aren't that funny or whatever. And so you're being judged as a female comic. Then on top of that, I'm a black woman. So now I'm a a, a black 
female comic. And then on top of that, I, I have a particular look about me that people consider sexy and voluptuous and all of these things. So now I'm a, a voluptuous, sexy female <laughs> black comic. Uh, and then you add Patrice O'Neill, the great, late, legendary genius, Patrice O'Neill's widow. And then that tells the whole story of before I even open my mouth on stage, how much I have to deal with. So I'm definitely a stronger person now uh, doing comedy than than I was back then. And I think, well, not I think, I absolutely know that he would be very proud, uh, not just of how I'm taking care of his name and his legacy and all the things Patrice O'Neill, but also everything that I, I have accomplished and, and will accomplish as a comedian, as a businesswoman, as a mother, um, and just taking taking the, the torch and, and trying to move forward as best as I can and navigate in this world, you know, as a single woman, I'm still single. And uh, one of the things that he, it was funny, he used to always talk to me in basketball terms because I, he knows that I really, really understand basketball uh, philosophies and metaphors in such a way that it, it he would, talk, you know, give me basketball examples and relationship stuff when I didn't understand st things. And he actually helped me even speak more intelligently about basketball because he would see me on Twitter, you know, and stuff, uh, yapping it up. And he would go, hey, you know, let me give you some more information about basketball so that you always sound very intelligent uh, when you're speaking uh, about anything. He always was the type to go, hey, you think 10, most people think 10 steps ahead, you think 50 steps ahead uh, and, and no one could get you. And if they get you, you, you know, you give them the fair enough and, you know, hey, fair enough. Sometimes I, I think five steps ahead <laughs> instead of 50 or instead of 10 and, and, you know, I find that even in, in those moments, I'm always right sometimes. <laughs> but I do try to keep up with my research and reading. And like I said in the first episode, I'm not a stat girl when it comes to basketball. I am I will sometimes go into the whole stats thing, but you're, I'm not going to try and prove my point based on numbers. You know, there's a lot of different ways to prove your point in basketball. And I, I do watch it a lot. And I, I like observing people and body language. And sometimes I'll call the game just based on the fact. I remember when I when Melo dropped that 62. Oh, my God. I knew if you could just scroll back to my Twitter, I knew he was going to have a monster game that day because he just his body language said it. Mello is a smiling kind of cool guy. And I remember looking at him when he was doing the pre pregame warm ups and stuff. I was like, Mello ain't smiling today. Something is about to go down. And that was the day he dropped 62 points on him. And I was like, you go mellow. And I used the hashtag mellow62 all the time. That was a very fun game to watch. And I just admire um, athletes and, and the discipline that they have to have. And I apply those principles to myself as a comic. I, I think of myself as a comedic athlete with how I try to set up my my days and, and discipline myself with my writing and, and, and my routine as a comic and the things that I have to do on a daily basis, you know, my process as a, as a comic and, and doing stand-up and, and the things that I, I have to do that sometimes I might not feel like doing but I discipline myself like an athlete because if you think about it 
we all have God-given talents, right? Even Michael Jordan said, yes, there are God-given talents, but you take away the countless hours uh, that I was just in the gym shooting those free throws and, and practicing and doing all the things that doing my due diligence to make sure I'm honing my skills, you know, so I, as a spiritual person, would never take away the God aspect of what I do. But I also, you know, I, I like to think of myself, like I said, as a comedic athlete. And I want to make sure that I am always, you know, always on point. And uh, as far as the way I think and keeping my unique perspective and not being afraid to tell the truth, no matter the consequences and, and pushing through, you know, those bad days. If there's 24 seconds on a, on a shot clock, that means you always have a second chance, you know, to, to come and do it again. There is no ending. The, the only ending to whatever it is that you want to do is when you yourself stop. So for me, there will never be an option of me not doing stand-up comedy again. I'll never back out of it again. I understand that this is my God's grace, and I'm happy to be where I am in my life and just just married to the game of stand-up comedy and, and hopefully finding myself influencing people that way. People ask all the time, are you going to write another, are you going to write another book? And I'm like, ugh, I don't know. Uh, Catch me later with that one. But right now my focus is just making sure that I am doing my due diligence in my stand-up comedy career and making sure that if I'm going to influence people in a certain way, because if you think about it right now, comedians are the real journalists out there like people look to Trevor Noah on the daily show to get the real information with all the fake news and and confusion in the world a lot of times you 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 look at the daily show or you listen to to comedians like DL Hughley and and just just the real real comics out there doing their thing and and not you know not the the goofy ones it's just like you know, dick jokes and and swallow jokes and bullshit out there and I'm I'm not saying that those jokes are bullshit and, and people shouldn't do them I'm just saying that there's some real real stuff out there that will make you think and laugh and that's that's more my lane and and what I aspire to be is a, a a funny person, but a thinker. You know what I mean? Something to get you thinking as well. Something hopefully, like I said, to inspire you um, as as a person. You know how I live my life. I hope does continue to inspire more people. And and just being being truthful and honest, and not afraid of being who you are. You know, if I if I die today, I made it. You know, I, I'm from a small town where I'm not even supposed to be able to do what I'm doing. You know, so I started from below the bottom, <laughs> and I, I'm in the almost middle. So being in the almost middle kind of makes you at the top, in my opinion. So, uh, like I said, I'm very proud. And, and moving forward, you know, it's it's gonna be a fun, fun basketball season. Uh, the the Kyrie Irving Boston versus uh, LeBron James Celtics is probably going to be the highlight of my entire season. Um, even though I'm a Knicks fan, even though I'm a Knicks fan, we both know we all should know what position the Knicks are in. Um, we'll see how it goes. We'll see how it goes this season. Uh, like I said, I'm going to do one more introductory. Um, 
episode after this and I'm going to have uh, the launch, the official launch on October 2nd for the Coach Vaughn podcast. I'm very, very excited about it. I am going to be calling people out just so that you know, this podcast is an extension of what I already do on Instagram. Uh, it's called Coach Vaughn Comments and we go at it. On Instagram we go back and forth I post my little one-minute video and then you guys blow up my comments and we go back and forth and we we get it in and we talk about it so this is gonna be an extension of that so don't think when you post a comment good in agreement good or bad uh, you may get called out on this podcast and I hope you you know once I get going and I have that live aspect going I hope that you guys will will call in and chime in on, on all the subjects of the day, and it, it's going to be fun. I'm really excited that I'm doing this, but um, like I said over and over again, and I'll keep saying it over and over again, this podcast is your podcast, guys, so um, it's up to you to grow this podcast into whatever it's going to be. You know, I know a lot of you have requested me to do this podcast and talk about sports and, and relationships and current events and all that jazz, so we're here now, so it's up to you guys to make it grow. Follow me on Instagram, follow me on Twitter, at Von DiCarlo, hashtag Coach Vaughn, V-O-N, Coach Vaughn, V-O-N, and um, follow SoundCloud, and, and wherever it's posted. Right now, it's just up on SoundCloud. Um, by October 2nd, I'm going to have it all over the place, um, mostly on iTunes and SoundCloud, I guess, are going to be the main places. Right now, like I said, I'm learning everything um putting it up on the misfits network you're listening to it on the misfits network now um i'm supposed to say that somewhere during the the show i don't know if i did it in the beginning or not i forget but like i said i'm green to all of this i'm learning uh you guys are going on this journey with me i'm very excited about it again um follow me on my social media if you want to see me uh live doing stand-up comedy i usually post all of my shows on twitter and in my ig stories uh so follow me there and also again uh patriceoneal.com for all patrice o'neill information speakfluentman.com for the book and uh that's it uh, that This was a great episode, I think. I hope you guys like it. If there is a place, um, wherever you're listening to the podcast, if there is a place to put a comment, put a comment. Or just slide right over to Instagram uh, to jump in my comment sections on the Coach Vaughn comments uh, posts. And I will see you next time. I'm very excited about all of this, and I hope you are too. Coach Vaughn out.